Dateline, a long time ago. Galaxy far, far away. The clone armies of the Republic are spread out across the galaxy, fighting droid armies of the Separatist movement. And from the front lines of the battle comes Frontline, the Clone War podcast with your host, Michael Cohen. And now, Michael Cohen. Welcome to the seventh episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Downfall of a Droid. I am your host, Michael Cohen. Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, I apologize for the late release of this episode uh, once again. Um, it's just a few things that, that had to be dealt with right away, so I couldn't quite get this out on time, but hopefully you'll be listening to this before you watch uh, the new episode of The Clone Wars tonight, uh, what is it, Duel of the Droids. Um, I'm going to get right into the news. Uh, some cool stuff. Clone Wars is now available on the movie. Uh, it's been released, and you can pick it up. Uh, Best Buy and Target have exclusives. Um, in the States, uh, you get like sort of a special tin at Best Buy, like it's this special sort of like metal collector case, as opposed to getting it in the regular uh, Blu-ray case. Um, and at Target, I think it's it's a similar idea, but I don't think it's like a tin. It's just like a an exclusive cover. I think it's the lenticular one, uh, where you sort of shift it back and forth and the image changes. Um, as well as that, if you go to Target, you can actually pick up uh, a special comic when you get the uh, the DVD or Blu-ray. So, and that's exclusive to Target. So, if you're in the states and you're near Target, you can uh, you can head over there and pick it up there uh, and get that exclusive comic. Uh, some special features that are included. This is from the Blu-ray, but the um, the DVD will essentially have most of this. I think there's only one or two things that it doesn't have. Um, <clears throat> The special features include commentary by director Dave Filoni, producer Catherine Winder, writer Henry Gilroy, and editor Jason W.A. Tucker. Uh, then there is a featurette, there's actually a couple of featurettes, uh, The Clone Wars, Untold Stories, The Voices of The Clone Wars, and uh, a new score, which is about the, uh, the musical score, about the new, the new musical style of The Clone Wars movie. As well, there is a gallery of concept and production art. There are six making of featurettes, the, uh, the webisodes uh, that I believe were available on StarWars.com. Uh, there are deleted scenes. There's a hologram memory challenge and the trailers. So if you haven't already picked that up, uh, head out and pick that up. I haven't gotten my copy yet, um, but I'll probably be getting it in the next week or so. Uh, and uh, and next week I'll, I might have a review for you of the special features and the uh, and the Blu-ray. Um, and other news, the uh, Clone Wars lightsaber duels for Wii and Clone Wars Jedi Alliance for the Nintendo DS have both been released uh, just last week. Um, I haven't played either of them yet. I'm I'm hoping to get my hands on at least one of them in the next week or so. Uh, but reviews are coming in for lightsaber duels for the Wii, and they're not so hot. Uh, 
there's a lot of sort of it, mediocre reviews. Like it, it's just sort of in that middle area. It's not a terrible game, but it's also not a good game. And I think that what a lot of them are saying, from what I've read, um, it's very similar to the dual mode in the Force Unleashed, but uh, the Force Unleashed dual mode was better. Um, that's what they're saying. So this experience with, with the lightsaber duel seems more shallow. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, I haven't gotten my hands on it yet. I haven't even played the Force Unleashed for the Wii yet. I've only played it for uh, for the PS3. And that, uh, that brings me to some other news. Uh, the first downloadable content pack for the Force Unleashed was released on the PlayStation Network yesterday. Uh, and it is the costume pack. I just downloaded it this morning and installed it and have sort of gone through it. And it's pretty cool. Uh, it doesn't really add content to the game. It just makes it so that you can play as Luke Skywalker, uh, Kit Fisto, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker from Episode 3. Um, let's see, Darth Sion, which I... I I don't know. I've never really heard of the character before. Uh, a Republic Commando, which on it, it says Imperial Commando, but there, but it is the Republic Commando from the video games and the books Republic Commando, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then uh, Kiadi Mundi, and then as well as those extra characters from outside of the Force Unleashed, you actually get three new bonus costumes for the Secret Apprentice himself. One being uh, the combat hooded robes or something like that, where it's there. There's these really really funky looking robes, where it's kind of like half half a robe. Like I don't know, you kind of have to see it in order to understand it. It's really really interesting looking. Um, and then the other one is uh, General Star Killer, which is uh, if the if Star Killer became a general in the uh, Rebel Alliance, and uh, and the last one is the Sith Assassin. Um, and uh, and it's just kind of this, like he's just like a bald headed Sith, like white skin and, and black robes with a little bit of armor on it. It's kind of cool looking. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, if you're a fan of the Force Unleashed, you've got it on the PlayStation. Uh, I'm not sure if the Xbox has also had them released because I don't have an Xbox, but maybe somebody can let me know. Um, and uh, if you if you're a fan, then definitely pick it up. There, it's only four ninety nine, and you get seven costumes. I think. Well, the seven costumes and then the three bonus ones. If I'm right, I can't remember. Um, but you get a whole bunch of stuff. It's worth it, I think. Um, and it'll be worth it when when the extra level packs come out so there's going to be those extra missions um so when all of that is released uh then you'll have these new costumes to try out and if you haven't gone through and played the game since it came out it's kind of a good excuse to go back and play it again uh the only criticism i have is that as star killer holds his lightsaber uh sort of in that inverted style like behind his back uh, and, and facing backwards in his hand uh, it makes it kind of like it kind of takes you out of it when you're Kit Fisto and you're holding your lightsaber like that or you're Luke Skywalker or Obi-Wan Kenobi and you hold your lightsaber like that um, I personally think it would have been way cooler 
if they would have done like they did with Darth Vader at the beginning of the game and made it like a different style like like when you when you go to play with Obi-Wan you uh, just your fighting style changes up you, your combos wouldn't change your force upgrades wouldn't change but just like I don't know to, just to change it up so that he's not holding the lightsaber incorrectly and he's holding it properly and that we get a little bit more of the Obi-Wan style but for understandable reasons I mean they'd have to go in and do extra motion capture and and uh, and a whole lot of extra animation and I think that we'd end up seeing like each character before 99 as opposed to like 7 or 10 or however many characters it is for 499 so I understand it I just personally would have liked it because it kind of takes me out of it a little bit that and uh, if you're if you're just restarting your game like a new save file and all you have is the red lightsaber crystal your characters are going to have red lightsabers and it's just these are no goes for me and they, they just bring me out of it so uh, that that's the news there's a lot of video game news this week uh, not anything new about uh, Star Wars the Old Republic yet uh, it's been kind of quiet uh, although I if you if you go over to uh, their official website swtor.com uh, so Star Wars the Old Republic like all of the uh, the initials of that um, they've actually got like a, a developer blog so they're kind of talking about uh, some of the influences and that sort of thing that, that are going into making the game uh, coming from the people who are actually making the game uh, as opposed to you know if you read on IGN it's kind of they interview somebody or they get a press conference and then they tell you about what the press conference said that they're doing to make the game this is directly from the developers so uh, really interesting stuff if you're looking forward to the old republic then check that out head over to their website you can actually sign up get get email updates uh, there's a, a forum over there there's a whole community aspect to it and there's actually some images if you go into the downloads and the wallpapers there's actually some images that you've not seen yet if you haven't been to that website some stuff that's not on any of the other video gaming websites so uh, that's pretty much all the uh, the the old Republic news that I can report right now until a little bit more is released um, and hopefully we'll get some stuff soon on that like possibly a tentative release date that would be really nice so that we know at least you know a ballparkish idea of when it's coming out with that let's go into the weekly recap of downfall of a droid now I'll say before I begin, I didn't particularly like this episode. Um, the pacing was really weird. It was kind of slow and then going and then slow, and it never really felt like it. It really, like, hit its stride. Every time you thought something like the story was moving forward, it kind of got got pulled back by uh, by some of the stuff, and I. Uh, in case you didn't know, in case you haven't been over to the the Star Wars website and checked out the episode description, Ron Perlman actually did the voice of the Trandoshan slaver, uh, salvager, uh, Ganect. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but but yeah, so that's kind of cool and uh, really cool considering Hellboy Two just came out on on DVD and Blu-ray this past Tuesday, so the Tuesday after the episode aired. 
uh, Ron Perlman's movie Hellboy came out. So it's kind of a funny, funny little coincidence. Anyways, here is the recap. Our episode begins aboard the Resolute. Uh, General Skywalker and his fleet await the arrival of General Grievous, who has just conquered Feline and is on his way to capture Bokwai. Master Kenobi and Ahsoka warn Anakin that he is outgunned and that he should regroup, but Anakin has a plan. Grievous arrives in the system and makes his way through the planet's asteroid belt in an effort to shield their approach. Little does Grievous know that he's flying right into Anakin's trap. As the Separatists emerge from asteroids, from the asteroids, Anakin and his fighters launch their assault on Grievous. But Obi-Wan was right, they are outgunned. Goading Grievous into position, Skywalker springs the trap. An entire battalion of clones round the surface of several asteroids and attack the Separatist ships with ATTEs. Being bombarded now from both cruisers are defeated. As always, Grievous escapes aboard his starfighter, but Anakin won't make it that easy, pursuing the droid general as the battle escalates around them. Unfortunately, they've taken damage and Anakin loses control of his ship despite R2's best efforts. Anakin awakens in the Resolute's medical bay. The Separatist fleet has been destroyed, but unfortunately Grievous has once, to get, once again escaped. Worse than that, R2 wasn't recovered from the battle. Of course, Anakin intends on retrieving R2 from the battlefield, but Obi-Wan reminds him that he is a Jedi and should not hold such attachment to a simple droid. However, there's more to it than, than attachment. R2 holds integral Republic base locations and tactical information. With this in mind, Master Kenobi agrees that R2 must be retrieved, lest he fall into Separatist hands. On the twilight, Ahsoka brings Anakin a replacement astromech named R3-S6, also known as Goldie. Ahsoka boasts that the new R3s have improved processing speed and intelligence, but Anakin assures her that there can be no replacement for R2. Ahsoka reassures R3 that he'll come around eventually. In the debris field, Anakin locates his fighter, but R2 isn't in it. Ahsoka then detects another ship in the debris, and Anakin identifies it as a Trandoshan salvage ship. They board the salvage ship Vulture's Claw and meet with the colorful captain, who insists that he doesn't have any R2 units. The Trandoshan, Gaunacht, isn't interested in much at first, but upon seeing Anakin's credits, his attitude changes. He leads them to the storage hold, where Anakin and Ahsoka come upon several other unique but no R2. Anakin orders R3 to access the ship's manifest, but as he does this, he hears R2 down the corridor. He tells R3 to open the hatchway, but instead the droid turns on the ship's lights. Frustrated, Anakin begins cutting into the hatch, but is interrupted as R3 accidentally activates several assassin droids. Anakin and Ahsoka take down the assassins, much to Nak's dismay. As the Jedi reluctantly leave the salvage ship, Nak contacts General Grievous. It appears that he has been holding R2 the whole time. He attempts to use Anakin's arrival as leverage to negotiate a higher price for the astromech droid, but Grievous is not easily intimidated. Back aboard the Resolute, Anakin reports to Obi-Wan, who is convinced that R2 must have been destroyed in the battle. He also reports that Grievous's spies have been listening in on Republic transmissions. Anakin has a new mission, to find and take out the Separatist listening post. In order to do this, he'll go alone so as to slip in undetected, but he'll need a droid to help him navigate. 
Ahsoka insists that he take R3. Back on the Vulture's claw, R2 manages to release his restraining bolt and attempts to escape, but one of Nax's assassin droids spots him. Luckily, R2 outwits the assassin, sending him out into space through the airlock. Unfortunately, Nax catches R2 in the act. Coming out of hyperspace, Anakin orders R3 to make a sensor sweep of the area, but R3 instead activates the fighter's beacon, alerting Grievous and the other Separatists to his location. As the Separatists lock onto his location, he attempts to make a getaway, ordering R3 to prep the hyperdrive. Again, the droid seemingly malfunctions, releasing the Jedi Starfighter's hyperdrive ring, making it jump to hyperspace. Grievous orders all of his droid Starfighters to engage Anakin. With some fancy flying, little thanks to R3, he manages to outmaneuver the droid attacks. Unfortunately, R3 continues to malfunction, leaving Anakin open to attack. In the nick of time, Ahsoka and Rex arrive aboard the Twilight and take out the droid Starfighters. Anakin lands his fighter in the Twilight's hold and they escape to hyperspace. Scorning R3, Anakin swears that he will find R2. So that's the episode, and as you can see, I mean, I went through that episode recap pretty quick. It was, uh, I don't know, it was a slowly paced episode. It seemed to go on for quite a while, but when you really think about it, not much happened. Um, there was a lot of jumping back and forth between locations. And uh, and I'm hoping that we can see, see them get away from this, maybe later on down the road, and, and hopefully in the second season. Um, because I, I feel like the, the whole going back and forth from location to location, like back, they're on one ship and then they're back on the Resolute and now they're in their fighters and now they're going somewhere else. Um, it just seems like it cuts down the story time a lot. And and this is another example of, of them just talking about things. Um, I mean, here's Obi-Wan's in this episode and he's featured fairly prominently but again he's just a hologram he's just telling anakin what to do and what's going on and uh and i don't know it sort of lacks a bit of the subtlety that uh that we could expect from from other episodes um or that we've seen in other episodes so it's it's just kind of it's a little bit heavy-handed with this episode with them just sort of everybody explaining everything all the time and and just doing a lot of talking as opposed to a lot of doing. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, it seems like there was a few places where there was just action for the sake of action. Like uh, in the in the ship's hold with, uh, with the assassin droids coming online and then Anakin and Ahsoka having to take them out. It's kind of like they felt like there wasn't really anything happening in the episode. So... Let's have a bunch of assassin droids in the in the ship's hold, and then Anakin and Ahsoka fight them. Um, so I, it just feels kind of tacked on, and I think that's one of the reasons why the pacing is so off because they've got this story, and it's sort of this this uh, suspenseful mystery of like where is R two, and they have to find him, sort of like a detective thing. Um, but then, you know, it they don't really have a lot to go on with that. Like, they don't have very far to go. So, especially considering, like, they, they only have one character that they speak to, Ga Nact, um, which is a cool character. It's cool to see a Trandoshan 
that's not looking exactly like Bosk, that, that's unique. I mean, he's sort of short and stubby. Uh, and then to have him voiced by Ron Perlman is, is definitely a really cool aspect of it. But, uh, but I don't know. I think that it would have been a, a story better served uh, on on a planet. Like, they could have gone to, to Nar Shaddaa and, uh, and had Anakin and Ahsoka sort of take on disguises as smugglers. And Anakin could have used his earlier life experiences as a slave uh, in that sort of element with the sort of the, the underground and, and the scoundrels and that sort of thing. Uh, to his advantage to find R2. I think that that would have been a much better story. And you get you get sort of shades of that. Like, Anakin obviously does know how salvagers work because he's he's dealt with them in Watto's shop and and that sort of thing. And, I mean, he's run in those circles. And, and especially when, when they get on the ship and Ahsoka is like, oh, the smell is terrible. And he's like, hey, you get used to it. That's coming from a place of experience where he's... Uh, He's been there before, you know, like it, not necessarily this ship, but he's been in this situation, you know, uh, different alien species smell differently. They, they have different, different customs, just like on earth, you know, we have different customs among our different cultures. So, uh, whereas one person may think that it stinks, another person doesn't think that it stinks. They think that it smells nice. So, uh, Anakin's a little bit more understanding of that and, and we see it and I would have like to have had them expand on that a bit sort of take that to the next level but again i mean it's a it's a kid's show and it can't be too subtle because maybe some kids aren't quite going to get that right and when it comes right down to it you have to have those moments where you know there's just some lightsaber action in a slow story because Otherwise, you're going to lose their attention, and that's who the show is for. Um, so I think this is just one of those episodes where maybe, I mean, it's a two, it's a two-parter because it's kind of it leaves on a cliffhanger, and they haven't found R two, and in this next episode they'll they'll be looking for R two again. So um, it's a two-parter, and uh, maybe it was a little bit ambitious. Uh, maybe they they started with the idea that I've sort of gone over where, where they sort of search for R2 and it's a detective story, but I mean, I can see how they would start writing that and then go, but we're going to lose the kids, you know, like the, the kids that are, that are tuning in cause they just like Jedi and, and lightsabers and all that sort of stuff. Um, we're going to lose them in, in this long drawn out mystery of, of the search for R2D2. So, so let's throw in some other stuff. Let's make it in space. Let's, let's, you know, do this fighter thing and, and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, I think that there was a lot of setting up the next episode. Um, especially with R3, with uh, Goldie and, and the way that he behaves, which I'll, I'll get into when we get into the, uh, the description of next week's episode. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It it just this episode didn't really didn't really hit it for me. It's 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 broken the streak actually. I mean, every episode was getting better and better and better up until this one where I'm kind of like, "Eh, you know, like it was all right. It wasn't it wasn't terrible TV. It's not like I wanted to turn it off. I didn't want to finish watching it. I did. Especially considering R2 is missing and I want to see how they get him back. 
and uh and all that but um it just wasn't compelling like like the other episodes are and i think especially coming off of rookies having been such a strong episode just so great i mean they balanced story and character with action so well in that episode um and then to take two weeks off and then to come back to this it was just kind of like it just didn't do it for me and then I mean the the number one factor for me not liking this episode was the music um it was just it wasn't Star Wars it was like the sort of music that you'd expect to hear in Samurai Jack or something like that not that not that it's bad music it was good music for an animated show I expect to see it on on a different animated show but not on Star Wars not on the Clone Wars um which is so weird because up until now the score has just been so great and and even like expanding on what was in the uh in the film which which we sort of went over that when when we did the movie review um and how how great i thought the music for the movie um and we've so we've gone past that and gotten better throughout the episodes of the show so um to have them sort of take this this right turn into uh sort of this techno i i don't even know how to how to describe the music but it was just it wasn't star wars music and it just seemed very out of place and it really really took me out of the episode it really really not believe it as a star wars story um because obviously the music in star wars is such a huge huge part of these films and and video games and tv shows and everything i mean uh you can take something as as sort of uh like a blank slate uh creatively or imaginatively as uh, as one of the audiobooks because i've listened to a couple of the books on, on audiobook and uh you can just take dialogue and and characters all being voiced by the same person which would really take you out of it in in the same sort of way but if you put it to a star wars score all of a sudden it just it just puts you there right like it just brings you into it it evokes all of those great star wars memories and all those those great star wars moments and to to have an episode like this that is so far out of the realm of star wars and the stories that we've gotten so far um and then to have the music so far removed it's it it's it just it the music needed to be there in order to tie everything together in order to bring it back and in order to make me go okay this is this is still star wars because with that music like i said i mean it sounded more like something from samurai jack it could have been absolutely anything you could put that to any tv show and uh and it it would be better it would be more useful to to another animated series than it would be to star wars because i think that with star wars we need that sound we need that distinctive john williams flavor in order in order to, to sort of keep our bearings it's very disorienting i guess is the only way to say it like it took me out of it it kind of confused me in a way um because you expect certain musical cues and then you get these these odd cute musical cues that were in the episode so um 
out of everything that took me out of it the most uh the other things that i want to discuss about this episode i don't want to just yet because because uh, i feel like they might be a little bit spoilery for those of you who who haven't quite figured this one out yet figured out the uh the riddle in this episode so um i actually do have a spoiler section in this episode so i'm gonna leave that for the spoiler section so you guys can skip it if you want so i mean with that um the only other thing that i've got to say a couple things cool to see jedi starfighters in action cool to see anakin as a pilot actually doing something i mean it was funny destroying malevolence when when he had that moment with obi-wan where he's like spinning isn't flying no but it's a cool trick or whatever um that was great and everything but it's awesome to see anakin skywalker the pilot again like i mean we saw him in in the in the y-wing and doing that and 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 that was cool and everything uh which is one of my favorite episodes so far but it was cool in this episode to see him in a jedi starfighter on his own like solo taking out uh all the droid starfighters but r3 kind of got in the way of that again you know like it i don't know uh there's a lot of things there was cool moments and then they were kind of interrupted by these other characters um but ahsoka in this episode was really good i think this is one of her strongest episodes yet it's it's unfortunate that it's an episode that i don't really like particularly but um her character wasn't quite as as uh sort of kitschy as she has been in the past she she didn't have any of the uh any of the nicknames or anything i mean she called called r3 goldie wait but that's understandable i mean like they just gave it a nickname because it was a gold droid um and it was kind of funny in that moment she's like r3 goldie he's gold a gold astromech droid for gold leader you know like and it was her going on and on about that it was kind of like yeah yeah we get it but he's not r2 it doesn't matter what color he is it doesn't matter if he matches anakin's starfighter it doesn't matter if anakin is gold leader and it's gold squadron or whatever it's not r2 so it was just a funny moment between the two of them um so that's pretty much it for that episode uh and now i've got some collecting news and this is exciting for me um it's still a ways off ob obviously but uh but it but it is exciting uh the clone wars wave five of action figures the three and three quarter figures uh the, they've got a list now uh, we haven't seen any pictures yet of these figures but the wave has officially been revealed in that wave we have padme a space clone trooper magna guard droid uh, jar jar and in brackets it says jedi robe so i'm not sure what that's about just yet uh battle droid with jetpack uh clone trooper and this is a new deco this is a green one <clears throat> and kit fisto which that's really cool that they're putting out like a green deco clone trooper and kit fisto in the same wave um we don't know we haven't seen any pictures yet so obviously we don't know if they're new figures or or a couple of the repacks or repaints um presumably padme the space clone trooper and the magna guard droid are all from that wave uh wave four which the padme from the movie 
with the with the funny hat in the white outfit and uh the space clone trooper being the um from uh from rising malevolence with uh with uh Plo Koon, his guys, the uh, the wolf's uh, battalion, the the red one with sort of the wolf deco on his helmet. I, I would assume, because that's what they called it before, was the space clone trooper. Uh, the Magna Guard droid, obviously, I mean, there's not really a lot that they can do with that for a different figure. It's, it's just going to be a repack. So that's what makes me think that. The fact that with the last couple waves, I mean, we went from wave one to wave two, and in wave two, we had new figures, but then we also had... Uh, repeats of R2-D2, uh, the Battle Droid, and General Grievous, I think, um, <clears throat> being re-released in, in Wave 2, sort of a second chance to get them. Um, so we've seen it before in this in this line, this new line of Clone Wars figures, so just makes me assume that that's going to be the case. Um, now, the Jar Jar and Jedi robe, that, uh, that sounds interesting to me. I, I want to see what that figure looks like. I want to know what episode that's from, uh, and more about that in the spoilers, maybe. Um, and then, Kit Fisto. Uh, I am definitely picking up this figure. I don't care what it looks like, because uh, I know that it's going to look awesome. Because Kit Fisto is awesome, and, uh, and I'm excited about that. And he's actually probably... I mean, I just got, uh, got R2... And, uh, and I feel like I've got enough in there right now. Uh, I'm going to have to buy a, a whole new display case in order to, uh, to start displaying these guys if I keep getting more figures. But I am going to be getting Kit Fisto. I feel like I should probably get a couple of these, these uh, green clone troopers to go with Kit Fisto because I've got Obi-Wan, I've got Anakin, I've got Rex, I've got uh, Commander Cody... Uh, Yoda, R2, and then two clone troopers. So if I'm going to get Kit Fisto, I kind of got to have his clone troopers as well. And I'm just going to, I'm just taking a, 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 a speculative leap and thinking that these green clone troopers are Kit Fisto's clone troopers. And that's why they're sort of being released at the same time. But uh, I don't know about that because obviously we haven't seen Kit Fisto in the, in the series yet other than that brief moment in, uh, in the beginning of the uh, the movie and the in the new movie, um, so so we'll see. I, I mean, he's he's got his episode coming up soon ish, uh, not as soon as I would have liked because obviously this episode was supposed to be the Kit Fisto episode, but it's been pushed. More about that in the spoiler section. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited about that wave. There's some cool figures in that one. I, I'm really, really sort of perplexed by Jar Jar and then in brackets, Jedi Robe. So I really want to see what that figure looks like. Um, other, other collecting news. We have the Target exclusive comic. I already mentioned this earlier in the, in the first news section. Um, so if you head over to Target, you can get a special Clone Wars comic. It's only available exclusively through Target when you buy the movie. Um, I don't know. This might be a little bit late. Obviously, the movie came out on Tuesday. Um, and hopefully, they still have some uh, at, at your local Target. I'm actually kind of hoping that I can get down to Target in the States to get this comic. Because, obviously, I'm getting the other comic. And I want to uh, I want to have that sort of whole collection. And I want to read it 
so that I can review it for you guys, for those of you who don't, uh, don't manage to get a copy, especially for those of you not in Canada or the States who can't get to a Target. Uh, I know I've got a couple of Australian listeners, and, uh, and I think I've got some listeners in the UK as well. And, uh, and I know that it, this isn't something that's readily available to you guys. So, um, so I do want to read it and then sort of give you guys the gist of the story. Um, but I mean, I'll, I'll also offer that if any of you out there uh, in the States, pick it up. If you want to uh, review it and, and uh, write up a, a nice, well-written, proofread, uh, spell-checked review, that uh, if if I if I like it if it's a good review then I might post it on the uh, website on on clonewarspodcast.com. Um, so if anybody wants to go out and do that, uh, feel free. You can write a review, send it in to me, email it to me, and uh, and I'll see about posting that on the website. Um, and the last bit of collecting news for this week. Um, there's a Clone Wars charity eBay auction. Now, this is really, really cool. <clears throat> Last I looked, it was already up over $200, but this is a full set of Wave 1 plus the Speeder Bike Recon Pack, <clears throat> um, which Wave 1 includes Anakin, Obi-Wan, Yoda, Captain Rex, Clone Trooper, General Grievous, Battle Droid, and R2-D2. Um, and uh, three of these figures have the first day of issue stickers on them. And uh, they've all been signed by the staff of Lucasfilm Animation, which is really, really cool. Um, it's not not every figure is, is signed by all of the artists of the of the staff, but when you get the whole set, which obviously it's being auctioned as a complete set, it, it's signed by the entire staff. Um, now the signatures include. Uh, Dave Filoni, uh, series directors. No, I'm gonna totally just butcher these people's names. Uh, Giancarlo Volpe or Volpe. Uh, Brian Kalen O'Connell, uh, Stuart Lee, designers Darren Marshall, Killian Plunkett, and Russell Chong, and many many others. Uh, this is this is totally one of a kind. This is not the sort of thing that comes up every day. So if you've got a very large chunk of disposable income and you really, really want to own this, head over to eBay. Uh, actually, I think I got this this uh, piece of news from rebelscum.com. So if you head over to rebelscum.com, uh, you can find a link directly to it. But, uh, but I'm sure that if you put in Clone Wars charity, uh, on eBay that it will probably come up. Uh, all of the proceeds go to benefit the Heifer Foundation. It's really cool that they're doing this, that they're that they're auctioning this off, that, that it goes to a good cause. Um, so so check that out, definitely. If uh, But like I said, when I checked it, and this was two days ago, it was already up over $200. So I'm sure that it's way up over that now. I mean, there's still a couple of weeks left on it even. So. <clears throat> um, it's probably going to get up there in price. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets up over $500. So um, it's definitely one of a kind. If I had that kind of disposable income, if I had that kind of money sitting around, I would get them because obviously it goes to a good cause and it's a one of a kind 
piece of TV history. I mean, the first Star Wars TV series and the staff of that signing the figures of the first wave based on that TV series, it's all just kind of a big deal. So if you are a hardcore figure collector and you've got that kind of money just lying around, uh, check that out. That's it for our collecting news this week. And let's go on to some fan mail. My first piece of mail is from Michael J. Villagomez. I, again, I'm probably just like butchering your name. Uh, I, I hope that's right. Um, and he says, Dear Master Cohen, I am a huge fan of your teachings on the Holonet, and for the oddest reason, I cannot retrieve access to your data logs. Uh, by that, he means website. So I was hoping that you could send me an access file. By that, he means link to your data discussion. By that, he means Facebook. Um, <laughs> and then he goes on to say, all right, that was really super corny. Anyway, I've just started listening to your podcast yesterday, and I've listened to every episode. I love Obi-Wan and Anakin, and I love this whole new spin on Star Wars. But I must note one thing that I cannot believe you missed, and I have a theory about. Ahsoka and Starkiller, Vader's Seeker Apprentice from the video game Force Unleashed, both hold their lightsaber the same way, leading me to believe that Anakin slash Vader trained Starkiller to wield his lightsaber the same way. Ahsoka did naturally because if you notice in the prologue, Starkiller held it the held the lightsaber the way everyone else does. Uh, then it's twenty year jump and he holds it identically to the way Anakin's first apprentice did. Just some speculation. Your fan and aspiring pupil, uh, Padawan Michael J. Villagomez. Um, Thank you for referring to me as master, but I don't think it's quite a deserved yet. Uh, I, I, I definitely hold myself up there in, in the Star Wars knowledge, but I don't know if I'd consider myself a master. Uh, there's a lot of people out there who know a lot more than me, um, especially considering I don't read any of the books or the comic books anymore. I'm just like Clone Wars is sort of taking up all my time <laughs> with the podcast and everything. So it's really sort of my my area of expertise but uh but yeah that's kind of funny with with anik or with uh, ahsoka and Starkiller holding their lightsabers the same way i don't know that it's necessarily the way that anakin influences them because um if you take a look at it ahsoka held her lightsaber like that when he when she first came to anakin but now i uh, in the last couple episodes She's actually using the same style as him, which is, uh, see, and this is why I'm not a Jedi master anymore. Cause I used to know this. I used to know all of the forms off, off by, off the top of my head. But, um, right now I can't remember. I, I think it's form two. I think form two is the power form and, uh, and that's how Anakin fights, which is, uh, which is an incredibly offensive form. Um, it's two-handed, and uh, it's uh, uh, you see Anakin do it a couple of times. Form two, if I'm if I'm right that it's form two, is is uh, when in episode two uh, he duels Dooku, and they both sort of put the lightsabers over their heads, uh, and it's it's uh, like I said, it's a power form, and it's so that they can get get harder strikes. Um, and that's why it's two-handed and and that's anakin's form so it's it's sort of a it's using strength 
um, as opposed to finesse. And, uh, and Ahsoka's actually taken up that form. They fight the same way now. Uh, I don't know if that's intentional or if it's just different animators taking a different uh, different liberties with, with her fighting style. Because um, cause obviously in the movie she does it the one way and now in the series she seems to be doing it this other way which is more akin to the way that Anakin fights and uh, and the apprentice having his style uh, fighting with his style which which I believe is the same style that uh, oh gosh I can't remember her name right now um, I've got all these names in my head that all start with an A uh, the Twilight girl Oh my goodness, I can't believe I can't remember because all I can think of is Ahsoka and, and Asajj and... Oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember. I'm having a Steve Glosson moment. Um, no offense to Steve Glosson on that one. Of Geek Out Loud, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. Uh, but, <laughs> God, this is total brain fart. I can't, I cannot remember... Wow. Um, anyways, I, yeah, I think that she fights with the same style as well, with the lightsaber sort of behind the back, uh, the inverted style. Um, so, yeah, and I think I think that the way that he holds it, I mean, if you've played the video game, what he's talking about in the prologue is is Starkiller as, as just like a young child uh, actually pulls the lightsaber out of Vader's hand and holds it against him like he's like you know like he's defending himself and he holds it with two hands in the normal way that that anybody would naturally hold a lightsaber being their first uh experience with one and i think that that's just it it is as a child his first experience with a lightsaber so he's not going to take up some really weird uh style which i mean we only see a couple of jedi use the style that star killer has so um so i think that i don't i don't, I wouldn't infer too much into that i wouldn't read too much into that because it's it's just i think it's just he grabs the lightsaber and holds it and then obviously later on he changes it um to the same way that ahsoka does in the movie so <clears throat> there's a connection there uh there are seven distinct styles that the jedi fight with I do know that Obi-Wan fights with Form 3, because obviously Obi-Wan is my favorite character. And uh, Form 3 is is the finesse style. Uh, that actually, if you've ever played any of the Star Wars role-playing game, uh, when you take Form 3 as a special feat, it, um, it allows you to use your uh, dexterity as opposed to your strength when using lightsaber attacks which normally you would use your strength, like if you were using a sword uh, in Dungeons & Dragons. So um, so I, I've always remembered Form 3, because whenever I play Jedi characters, I always use Form 3, uh, because Obi-Wan uses Form 3. Uh, <laughs> but there are seven forms of lightsaber combat, and uh, and I also know that Form 7 is, is Vapod, and that's Mace Windu's style. He created the style previous to that there were only six forms and then he created that style and then his padawan uh who becomes also a jedi master um having another 
can't remember her name either but uh, this is all in in the in the book shatterpoint um which is a clone wars book so it's somewhat related so don't tell me i'm getting off topic uh, i've been very good this week i haven't gone on too many tangents <laughs> um but yeah so there's seven forms out there uh if you're interested in the way that the the jedi all hold their lightsabers and the way that they fight i uh, i'm sure that there are are documentations out there on the web um referring to those different forms uh and the uh, the star wars role-playing game is actually a good place for that if you if not the current book i haven't read the current book i don't know if it goes that in depth with the lightsaber form styles but um gosh it's in the revised d20 uh it's one of the supplemental books I'm pretty sure. I, I think it's 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 the Jedi, like the the, the ways of the Jedi or something like that. Um, wow, I'm just not not very good at remembering things today. I'm I, I must be half asleep or something. Um, but yeah, there there's obviously places on the internet. I'm sure that if you go to Wikipedia, you can get very very in depth definitions of each form as well as more than likely the Jedi who wield them. So I uh, so I I think that you should check that out, Michael, if you are interested in, in those lightsaber forms. And you can see who else uses that form. Um, so thank you for writing in. Our second piece of mail comes from Paul. And he says, Dear Michael, I'm really enjoying your podcast because I like how you recapped rookies to all the people who listen to your podcast who didn't see it on Cartoon Network. I answered your question about who was the commanding officer for the 501st Legion. I figured out it was Commander Bao who commanded the 501st. I have a question for you. Who are the new people in the Clone Wars? I'll tell you later if you're wrong. Your fan, Paul. Well, I appreciate uh, your, your letting me know that answer. Uh, Commander Bao, I haven't looked into it yet. I still need to look into it and, and double check that, but for now, I'm going to take your word on it. Um, I think I, I may have gotten another piece of email about it, but I, I think that they might have said something different. Um, <clears throat> though, maybe I, I might have even read it last last episode. So it's been two weeks. I did get another piece of mail, um, but I don't think that they said Commander Bow. They they might have said Commander Bow though. Um, let's see who are the new people in the Clone Wars. New characters. Well, we've got Ahsoka for sure. Um, commander Rex, or Captain Rex, sorry. He's not a commander, he's a captain. As we had that debate in the last episode. Um, Admiral Yularen, you might think, is a new character, but he's not. Because Admiral Yularen is actually from A New Hope. Uh, and in A New Hope, he is very recognizable in the Death Star conference room when when Vader and Tarkin are sort of having that discussion with everybody. He's silent, he doesn't have any lines, but he is the only one of the Moffs in a white uniform. Um, and that is because he is an Admiral, and I think that, that means that he's Grand Admiral, because that is the uniform that, that Grand Admiral Thrawn ends up wearing. Um, so I think that later on in, in the Imperial ranks that, that white uniform means Grand Admiral and that means that he's the head of all of the other 
military aspects of of the um, of the empire, which it's kind of misleading because you've got admirals and then you have moths. The moths are like not uh, necessarily military leaders. They're not. They're not like generals. They're more like uh, like. They're like governors. They, they, they govern regional districts. So, um, so you can see the difference in their uniforms through that. Uh, again, I don't know a ton about that. That's another area. Um, if you talk to somebody who was 501st, like in the actual 501st, the, uh, the, the, the fan costumers, um, they would definitely know way more about that than I would, but I'm almost positive that, that, that he's the Grand Admiral and that's why he has that white outfit. And he is one of the new characters um, in the Clone Wars. I mean, it's the first time we've heard him speak, so he's new to most people, although he was in A New Hope. Um, who else is new? I mean, we've gotten lots of new characters because we've got uh, Oddball, uh, who died in... in uh, Shadow of Malevolence, uh, as well as, I mean, we've gotten so many new clone troopers, I can't even name them all, because, I mean, we had Heavy, we had Cut Up, who got eaten by the eel, uh, we had Oh, gosh, see, I can't even remember all their names. There's been so many clone troopers so far. Um, but other than that, I don't really think that there's been a lot of new characters. Uh, I know that we've got some new characters coming up. I'm going to leave that for the spoiler section. But, um, yeah, I think that's all of the new characters. You are obviously going to write me in if I'm wrong and, and let me know who I missed. Uh, so I look forward to hearing from you again, Paul. Thank you very much for writing in. And thank you for everybody who writes in. Uh, I, I like to keep it to two emails because obviously I like to keep the time down and I haven't been keeping the time down on the episodes. I wanted them to be like half an hour, but I think that they've been clocking in at an hour because I'm looking at the uh, computer right now and I'm at 54 minutes episode description and I have spoilers this week. So um, sorry if, if you guys were expecting half an hour to 45 minute episodes and I've been rambling on and on for for an hour but uh but obviously there's stuff to talk about um and if there isn't write me in and let me know i still haven't gotten any hate mail uh, i've only gotten mail from people telling me that they like the show and i feel like i haven't really made it yet until i've pissed somebody off so um and i really expected it i really expected it when i talked about the comics and how much i don't like star wars comics so what else in Star Wars, can I diss? Uh, let's see. The action figures, for the most part, suck. All of the legacy figures of like the last three years have just been terrible, terrible action figures. Actually, the last time they had good action figures, good three and three quarter action figures, other than the Clone Wars ones. Uh, which like the original animated style and the new animated style uh, were was way back uh, episode two because the episode two figures had those cool metal lightsabers like they had the little die cast lightsabers so that they would 
uh, stick to the hand so that they had that force grip action or whatever they called it. And the, the lightsabers were little pieces of metal. That was awesome. Three and three quarter figures have not been cool since then other than the animated figures for both the Clone Wars micro series and the new Clone Wars series. Um, I really liked the Jedi Force line of figures. I'm actually looking in my office right now and on top of my desk I have a whole bunch of them and I would like to have the whole set because I really think that those figures were wicked and them are all dumb. So that should give me some hate mail. I just insulted everybody who never bought a Jedi Force action figure. I don't even know if those were available internationally, but even if they weren't, those of you who couldn't get your hands on them, you're dumb because you should have. Because you should have bought them off eBay. So, uh, so no one is safe from this. Everyone who didn't buy Jedi Force action figures, I am mad at because you're the reason that the line didn't continue. And I wanted that line to continue because I think that it's awesome and one of the best lines. Especially, I mean, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go online and search for Jedi Force uh, Obi-Wan on Boga. Because that is the coolest Boga action figure that has been released. The only thing that would have made it cooler is if they would have put suction cups on the bottom of Boga's feet so that you could attach him to the wall. So that he could actually ride up the wall. That is my only complaint about the whole line of action figures. Other than that, everything was awesome. And they are so cool. And I want every single one of them. So far I have Obi-Wan Kenobi on Boga. Uh, I have Chewbacca. I have Darth Vader. I have Luke Skywalker in his X-Wing gear. And I have Yoda. Technically Yoda belongs to my girlfriend. But he's in the collection, so I'm just going to say that I have him. Um, but I don't have Han Solo, and I really want that Han Solo. How's that for a tangent, you guys? I was supposed to be pissing people off, and then I went off on like my wish list of Jedi Force action figures. But they're awesome, and if you don't think they're awesome, then I think that you're dumb. So if you disagree with me, you can send your email to mcohen, that's M-C-O-H-E-N, at clonewarspodcast.com. And you can tell me just what an idiot I am. Uh, <laughs> and I look forward to that hate mail. Because um, then I'll feel like I've really made it as a podcaster. Because I haven't pissed anybody off. I can't believe I forgot this. And I just made, like probably hurt somebody's ears with that slap. Um, and the reason why I'm not really reporting on it yet. But uh, Derek Russell from uh, Starkville's House of L and Skynext podcast as well as the 10th wonder uh he uh messaged me a couple weeks ago actually well i guess not a couple weeks ago it was about like a week and a half ago to let me know that i was reviewed in sci-fi now i got a three out of five which is not a bad rating uh i think i did better than sky next i think it got a two out of five um i don't read sci-fi now so obviously i wouldn't know but um and i haven't been able to get a copy of this issue yet because sci-fi now is a uk publication so it's only available in specialty stores in uh, in canada <clears throat> chapters has it but they don't have the current issue so i haven't read the review yet i haven't heard what they had to say they reviewed episode three which obviously for those of you who listen was the force unleashed episode it is my most downloaded episode um 
at over 3,000 downloads, which thank you very much, everybody who's downloaded that and listened to it, because that is way beyond my expectations. Uh, anyways, they reviewed that episode, which I think is perfect for sci-fi now, because, I mean, they gave a review, they reviewed Geek Out Online, and they just totally tore it apart, which is so wrong, because Geek Out Online is your safe place to geek out, and and they uh, and they took it to a totally negative place, which means that they completely missed the point of Geek Out Loud and Geek Out Online. So it just shows how off base they are. And then they reviewed episode three of the of Frontlines, which was completely unrelated. It was a special report episode. I mean, it was the special Force Unleashed episode. It was not a regular episode. So reviewing that. The series hadn't even premiered yet. It wasn't until uh, episode four that that I did the review of of the series. So, um, I don't know. I I feel bad complaining about it because I didn't necessarily get a bad review. Three out of five isn't bad, but it just goes to show that the people at Sci Fi Now that review podcasts they really don't know what they're doing because they're reviewing things completely out of context. Um, I don't think that you can review my show based on a special report episode. That's like reviewing the Force cast based on like one of their Cantina episodes where they've got a, like a special interview where the episode is just an interview. That's not the Force cast every week. The Force cast every week is all of the news and they've got so many segments in there. Like they've got such a well-refined show. And, uh, and if they were to review the Force cast based on something completely unrelated, like one of their special reports, you wouldn't be doing them justice. And, and I, don't, I don't know. I don't think that I'm nearly as good as the Force cast, but I don't think that you'd be doing me justice to review. I mean, they didn't do me justice because they reviewed episode three, which was the Force Unleashed episode, which was about a video game, not about a TV show, and completely just out of context. So I like I said I haven't read the review yet. I, I want to pick up a copy of that sci-fi now, obviously for posterity's sake, as well as uh, as well as just to read it. Uh, so I'll, I'll hopefully pick up a copy of that before the next episode, and uh, and I will read that review on on the podcast for those of you who don't get to read it, and then uh, and then you can email me in and discuss it. If you have read it, email me and and let me know what you thought of the review. Um, and like I said, that email is mcohen at clonewarspodcast.com. Uh, so next week's episode, uh, we have Duel of the Droids, which is sort of the second part. It's not really considered a two-part episode, I don't think, but it is kind of a second, second half of it. And the description is, R2-D2 is being held at General Grievous' secret enemy listening post. Anakin and Ahsoka, along with an R3 droid, obviously, embark on a rescue-slash-sabotage mission. So they're going to look for R2 as well as uh, take out that listening post. And if you've watched the preview that was the episode last week, um, it's not quite that simple because it seems like they've got a traitor in their midst. And, uh, and I'll get into that more in the spoiler section. So, I... Uh, Thank you for listening this week. Uh, don't forget to head over to uh, clonewarspodcast.com 
which is our website and you can uh, find our email uh, as well as links to us on Twitter username Clone Wars and a link to Facebook and uh, and as always you can leave your comments on episodes on our website uh, on clonewarspodcast.com so head over there and uh, thank you for listening and stay tuned for spoilers after the music is this is new for me this is the first time i've ever had spoilers and uh and the reason why is because i went on to tv.com and there are actually three new episode descriptions well one of them's not really new it's it's something that i've already talked about so it's not really that much of a spoiler but uh but i mean i just i had to report on this because first of all we've got a description for episode eight which is not this coming week but uh the following week and the description is for bombad Je- <clears throat> uh bombad jedi which is about jar jar binks and c-3po fight to save padme amidala from doom at the hands of the evil viceroy newt gunray um I'm guessing that this has something to do with that Jar Jar Binks in Jedi robes action figure. Uh, obviously, that's probably where it's coming from. So, I'm excited for that episode. Um, as a matter of fact, I've already talked to Steve from Geek Out Loud, and uh, and I said, you've got to come on and discuss this with me, because Jar Jar Binks, making his debut in Clone Wars, it's going to be controversial, we got to discuss it so so hopefully he's going to be on I, I i told him that he has to so uh so hopefully he'll be on to discuss that episode so in a couple weeks you can look forward to that um and then the other episode description is cloak of darkness which is, is kind of uh i think a, a follow-up to that that previous episode uh so episode nine cloak of darkness after handing over over captured newt gunray to Captain Argius and his Senate commandos. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, Luminaro Undali and Ahsoka Tano must thwart a separatist boarding led by Asajj Ventress. Sounds like a freaking awesome episode. I'm psyched for that episode. That sounds really, really cool. Because uh, we're going to get to see a new, a new clone captain as well as the Senate commandos and Luminaro Undali, who's a new Jedi. Um, and and 
Asajj Ventress, and there's going to be some cool lightsaber dueling, obviously, in that episode. Sounds like a really cool episode. Um, and then here is the bad news in the spoiler section that made me have to report on all of this. The Lair of General Grievous has been moved to episode 10. Now, like I said earlier, this was supposed to be last week's episode, which ended up being uh, Downfall of a Droid, which really pisses me off because I am so looking forward to this episode. If they push it forward again, I'm going to be super pissed. But I'm going to assume that this is probably going to be the last episode that we get before the holiday break because this is uh the air date is on tv.com as december 14th 2008 so that's going to be i'm i'm going to guess that that's going to be the last one before before the christmas break um and then we'll probably come back after christmas with some new episodes if they're going to do it that way do it that way but Clone Wars is kind of different because all of the episodes are already in the can. They're they're completed. With most other TV shows, they do that winter hiatus because they have to go on a break and then come back and film new episodes. And so there's obviously a, a couple of weeks where there's nothing that's been filmed. Um, but with this, it's already done. But they might want to space it out so that they have more time for for season two, because obviously, they they sort of they need that lead in time. But, um, I mean, I've already given the description for this episode, I think. But I'll give it again for those of you who haven't heard it. Uh, Kit Fisto and Nadar Veb, chasing Newt Gunray, enter the sanctuary of General Grievous on the Basak Moon. So, um. This is cool because we're starting to see a continuity develop where uh, it goes from kind of episode to episode. Uh, and it's not necessarily that they're three-part episodes, but that there are parts of storylines that are carrying through. So, I mean, obviously, that's why I put this in the, in the spoiler section. Now we know they're going to... That obviously Jar Jar, for some reason, is going to manage to capture Newt Gunray. And then he's going to get retrieved by Asajj Ventress, and then Kit Fisto and Nadar Veb are going to go after him and end up in the lair of General Grievous. Um, Nadar Veb being, uh, being Kit Fisto's Padawan, who is now a Jedi Knight, and, uh, and it's sort of like the first time that they've been reunited since then. Um, I'm psyched about that episode so much because I freaking love Kit Fisto. I'd like to know why it got pushed, uh, and, and maybe I'll, I'll do my best to try and uncover that mystery, uh, do a little bit of digging and find out why that episode got pushed to episode 10 when it was supposed to be episode 6. Um, but yeah, uh, that is our spoilers for this week, and that is our episode for this week. Thank you for those of you who stuck around for the spoilers, for my first ever spoiler section. Uh, and I don't know how often I'm going to do spoilers because obviously they don't come up very often. But thank you for listening. And now I'm just rambling incoherently. So I'm going to call it a day and go play myself some more Force Unleashed with those new characters. Uh, again, thank you for listening and I will catch you guys next week.